Hey everyone, welcome to the Under Construction Podcast. This is a podcast about the journey to success. What does that look like? Well, it's a little bit different for everyone, and during this podcast, I'll be interviewing people across different roles and different companies so that everyone can see what's different about their journey, but also what's similar. Enjoy this episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Under Construction Podcast. Today, I'm talking with Liz Haberberger. Liz, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Jen? I'm doing great. Uh, For what season it is, we're recording this now in uh, February of 2021. Massive cold snap in St. Louis. So I hope when you're listening to this, you're warm, whether it's uh, during February or in the summer, if you listen to this a little bit later. So thanks for joining us today, Liz. Of course, I'm excited to be here. So for folks that may not be familiar with you, um, what company is it that you work for and what do you do there? So I, um, I own and I run Dale Carnegie here in St. Louis. And what we do is we work with individuals and with organizations to develop leaders within them. So we really focus on leadership, management, sales, and communication. We work with lots of companies here in St. Louis, but Deal Carnegie has a global presence. So there are me's all over the world um, doing what I do just in different cities and states and countries. I love it. And we've obviously uh, had a partnership with Dale Carnegie here locally. And now as we expand also uh, nationally, what is it that got you interested in Dale Carnegie to begin with? You know, I kind of stumbled into the business with just dumb luck. I was a former fourth grade teacher And I wanted to get out of teaching. There are lots of great teachers out there, and God loved them. Um, That was not what I was supposed to do. But I didn't know what I wanted to do. And when you go into, you know, when you go into education, there's really only one job for you, teacher. Um, And so I was, I had no idea what I wanted. But I knew someone who worked at Dale Carnegie. And every time I had talked to him, he would say, well, it's kind of like teaching, but it's adults and it's more on soft skills, leadership skills. And I thought, well, that sounds kind of interesting. I like leadership. I like teaching. I like people. Um, but I also really wanted to work part-time because I had a little one at the time and it just so happened that they had a part-time admin role. And I read How to Win Friends and Influence People before my interview. I went in and uh, and I started part-time. So I kind of stumbled into it. And it's like funny how things just work out time, right? You don't know what you're getting into. And then you end up falling in love. So what is it that you fell in love with the most when it came to going from part-time admin to now president of a regional Dale Carnegie office? You know, I, so I will never forget sitting in my very first Dale Carnegie course. And I, you know, I, I walked in, I had worked there for only a couple weeks. So I kind of understood what they did, but this was the first time I was getting to experience it. And I sat in the front row because I was, you know, so excited to be there. And the facilitator 
started talking and I think it was within like 90 seconds. I was just looking at this man thinking, oh my God, like I, I don't really know what this is all about yet, but I want to do that. Like that, this man has already got everyone in this room on the edge of their seats, like excited, engaged. And I had never seen that before, like seeing a group full of people that focused and excited and engaged in something. And so like right then I knew I wanted to be a trainer. Like I want to be the one in front of the room. So I went through the process to be, um, become a trainer. And while I was going through the process to become a trainer, I thought, well, if I'm going to do that, maybe I should kind of get into the sales side of things. And I, I started having conversations with clients and, you know, the work that, that we get to do, it's pretty neat when you can change someone's life. Like someone says, I am going to be a totally different person, a better person because of this. And that's what I fell in love with. I fell in love with that idea and that feeling of really getting to help people with the things that are important to them. So when you look at that superpower of helping people, you obviously have the ability to not only train, but also to look at the strategy side of things. What is it that you find makes Dale Carnegie so successful compared to other companies when they do training? So whenever whenever you're learning any kind of skill, right, and it doesn't matter if it's a leadership skill or if you're out on a construction site developing a skill, there is a cycle that you have to go through. And this is one of the things that makes Dale Carnegie unique is um, the process we follow for skill development. So it starts first and foremost with your attitude. So the key attitude in learning any skill is willing to try. You don't have to be the most gung-ho excited about it, but you have to be willing to try. Without that, you're dead in the water. But with that, um, that's, that's like the key building block. Attitude alone isn't enough, right? So you could be the most excited about whether it's becoming a leader or learning how to pour concrete or climb up on the telephone wires. You can be so excited about it and have this gung-ho attitude, but that doesn't mean you can do it. There's more. So then the second step is all about knowledge. So you have to learn, right, whether it's what you need in order to do it safely, the kinds of tools you need. You might need to learn some different leadership practices or communication techniques, once you get the knowledge, that's where a lot of training and development stops. You say, hey, like, let me here watch this video or let me talk to you for an hour about what good leaders do. And knowledge is great, but Dale Carnegie says that knowledge isn't power until it's applied. So what makes us different is we spend majority of our time in the third step, which is about practice. So we've all probably heard that, quote, practice makes perfect, and they lied. It's actually practice makes permanent. So when we're practicing these new skills, and again, it, the skill is irrelevant. Every skill goes through this. When we're practicing a new skill, we need to be practicing that skill with a coach. There has to be someone there who knows what they're doing, who's done it before, who can give us feedback of, ooh, yes, and what if you did this? Or, ooh, how do you think that came across? So it's coaching um, the right kind of practice and consistent. So doing it once 
maybe for some skills, one time is enough, but for many, it's not. So it's practicing things repeatedly. And then only then do you get to the fourth step where you can say, I've developed a skill. I can get some results from this skill. So we spend a lot of time on that practice component um, because, again, without without practice, then you just have the knowledge. And knowledge isn't powerful until you apply it. I love it. I thank you for sharing that. That's a huge misnomer many times in the L&D community for sure, but also in business. Uh, once you tell somebody something, they should be able to do it. And that's just simply not true because you have to practice it to internalize it, uh, to get it right a few times. Oh, and by the way, to get it wrong so that you actually learn after you've had that, quote, failure of, okay, that didn't work. I'll make sure I do it better next time. So thank you for sharing that with everybody. Yeah. And to your point, that's um, that's part of the reason why it's so critical for us to find coaches or accountability groups, because so often, you know, maybe we get a little bit of knowledge. And so we think, okay, I want to try something new. And so we're willing to try something new. We're willing to practice it. And it doesn't work the first time. And then we say, well, I guess that didn't work. I, I shouldn't do that anymore. And then we just give up on it. Whereas when we when we think about having a coach or someone else there, maybe it's not that the skill didn't work. Maybe we just needed to do something a little bit differently in order to make it work. So, of course, I always love to ask this question. When you look at that, what's an application or an example that you can share of a time that you had what looked like to be a failure, but actually set you up for future success uh, because you learned something? Do you want a Keeley example? I'll give you a Keeley example. Sure. Why not? So I, um, the, this was like one of the first times, John, you and I had already, we had done a little bit of work. We'd had some conversations and you said, well, why don't you come in and talk to my steering committee? So I came in and you're, um, I, we were up in the, in Larry's lounge. What's that boardroom called? We were yeah, the there. Jan, the Jan boardroom. The Jan boardroom. Okay. So we were up in the Jan boardroom and, um, your, the leadership team was there at Keeley and then, Rusty was there, Chad was there. And so I'm up talking about, you know, what we could, how we could partner with Keely and we get to some investment and Rusty from the back of the room says, um, is that, is that, is that the investment or what's the wiggle room there? And I said, he said, is there wiggle room? And I said, well, not really. And he said, not really means yes. <laughs> and in, in, in that moment, he taught me this huge lesson. I thought, oh my gosh, I just blew this. Like, there's no way that this is going to work. And he taught me in that moment that, you know what? You need to be confident in the way you present yourself and the way you communicate your ideas or else people are not going to see you as credible. Tough lesson to learn. And uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, yeah. Is my guess a yes or is it a eh, maybe? <laughs> I love it. I do remember that. That was hilarious. Yes, I'm I was, sure I was trying to be trying to be diplomatic and then right you know when you're in front of of rusty or any business leader you feel like you have to put your best foot forward and then to have that moment it was like oh my god i felt like a huge failure and it ended up working we we love our partnership yeah and that's actually a great point maybe we unpack that a little bit many times under the guise of customer service you know, there's always been the mantra of the customer's always right. And many times what that ends up in for folks who aren't fully aware of what are the boundaries of customer service? I mean, uh, many times a partnership excels when someone says no, 
and means it because it's better for both parties. Um, have you mm. seen any examples of that? You know, I think it all goes back to, you know, one, we are big believers in relationships. Shocking, right, at Dale Carnegie. And that's where it, that's where it all starts, that ability to be able to have open and honest conversations. Any true partnership, um, it doesn't work unless both parties can show up and be genuine and authentic and are willing to have conflict or disagreement. And you can't get there if you don't have trust. So the first and foremost is you got to be able to build that trust with your clients. You have to be able to build the kind of relationships where you can talk about those difficult issues instead of just keeping them under the rug and kind of hoping that they um, disappear. And I think that starts with lining up your values. You know, what are your company's values? What are the company's values that you're partnering with? And even at an individual level, you know, we all have values. And so what are my values and what are your values? And if we can figure out a way to line those up and create win-win scenarios, then we're able to avoid, um, you know, some of those situations you can get into where you feel like one party is taking advantage of another. Uh, great advice. Yeah, people drive business. Uh, even automated business still has people behind it. And the ability to have a successful relationship is what makes business successful. Um, you know, you had mentioned earlier soft skills, and we've heard that for years that, hey, soft skills are important. Uh, I, I would say soft skills are just as important in business as operational skills, especially in this day of competition and really many tasks being able to be done by any number of competitors. It is mm -hmm. the relational component that drives success in business. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, you know, there's a huge thing right now, right? The war for talent. And it's easy to find the technical skills. It's much harder to find the people who can actually get a team motivated, the people who can work together well and get people moving in the same direction or can interface with clients and build those trusting relationships. Um, you know, those are the harder skills. Some of those more technical skills, that's more knowledge-based, right? So you could you could read a book or take a course and learn those things, but it's those softer skills that we need that practice, and that's the tough thing to find. It is. When you look at this world that we live in, you know, where competition is fierce, whether it's for talent or business, it, it can be overwhelming, Uh you know, throw in socio-political, economic upheaval and a pandemic, and it's easy to be overwhelmed or be able to uh, become unfocused. What tips or tricks do you use when you find yourself getting in that I'm I'm losing focus or I'm feeling overwhelmed that bring you back to center to allow you to be successful? So Dale Carnegie, actually, he has multiple books. Most people are familiar with How to Win Friends and Influence People. He wrote another book, and um, it's called How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. And that's a book I go back to consistently for those types of things, right? When I'm feeling that overwhelm or lack of focus. A few of my favorite um, principles in there that I go back to, one, he talks about day-tight compartments. And when he talks about day-tight compartments, he, what he means is that you can't change the past and you're not in the future yet. So what what can you control today? Like what, what is in front of you right now? 
and focus on that. And don't worry about what happened yesterday. Don't, you can't control what's going to happen tomorrow yet, but what can you do right now? Lean in day-to-day compartments, that's when I do all the time, right? If you have lots of meetings and proposals and presentations and things to do. And if I think about all of those at once, it gets really overwhelming. But if I think about what am I supposed to be doing right now? What can I do today? Um, so that's one, day-tight compartments. Another principle that I love is count your blessings, not your troubles. Mm. So simply choosing to focus on the good. I tell my two kids this all the time. You can always choose your attitude. You can always choose your attitude. And just by choosing to look at what's good, there can be so many things that are right, stressful, bad, negative, but there's always also things that are good and positive. And so by choosing to focus on those, I'm able um, to have a more positive outlook and be more motivated to actually do the work that's right in front of me. And then the last one that I love um, is just, he simply says, do the best you can. And that sounds like such, such simple advice. I always say simple doesn't always mean easy. And knowing that, you know, maybe today, your best today, it might be very different than your best a year ago, or maybe even two months ago, you know, depending on what your situation is, but just saying, is this the best I can do today? And you know what? That's all I can do. And I'm okay with that. So those are three of my favorites. I love it. Yeah. Daytight compartments, attitude of gratitude. Uh, uh, and did I do my best? Great. Yep. <laughs> Great. Bullet points. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and we'd all be better off served if we could remember that in the heat of battle, which is easier for some people than others. But I appreciate you sharing that. Um, one of the things that uh, you're doing right now, uh, and I appreciate being able to follow you on on the different social networks. Uh, I'll have a plug here for you just in a, in a minute for anybody that wants to follow you on socials. But, you know, you've got a robust family life, personal life, and business life. What do you find is the key for you to be able to have that ability to be present in each of those? Oh, so one of my colleagues, she shared a quote with me that I um, I use often. And it's simply, be where your feet are. And so if I'm at home with my kids, I'm trying to do my best to be where my feet are, meaning that in my brain, I am not thinking about the the meeting that didn't go so well at work or the upcoming meeting I have the next day. And if I'm at the gym, I'm going to be where my feet are. I'm thinking about, you know, myself. If I'm with my husband, I'm thinking about that. If I'm at work, that's where I am. Um being where your feet are is a huge, has been a huge influence on me to just get me more grounded and focused and help me show up a hundred percent me in any situation. Uh, love it. Thank you for sharing that. That's exciting. It's um, something we all can do better, right? Um, it coupled it's kind not of couples always back. easy. Yeah, right. Simple, but not easy, right? Yeah. So my favorite question in the world here, the God mode question. Um, if we were able to put you magically in control of all the digital signage that's on the highways and in buildings, uh, everybody's iPads or screens or watches and phones, what is it that Liz Haberberger wants to be able to put on a screen 
that she wants the whole world to be able to see or know? Give me two words. Choose fun. It would be those two words. So often... I, I think about all the times I'm in front of a group and we'll be talking about being engaging or enthusiastic. And I will ask the person, I'll say, who is the most enthusiastic person you know? And they look right back at me and they say, you. And that's because I get, I get to have so much fun every day of my life. And I think if everyone would choose to have fun, in what they do. And that doesn't mean every second of every day is, you know, unicorns and rainbows, but to choose fun. And if we all chose fun, I think we could eliminate, you know, to your point, this social, political, the environment, we could eliminate almost all of these issues if people would just choose to have fun. Wise words and permission to not take ourselves so seriously and actually have a good time being human. I love it, Liz. Thank you. I know. There's no better you than you, John. That that sounds like Dr. Seuss might actually be able to come into play and give us some wisdom, right? (laughs) Maybe. That that may be where that came from. (laughs) I love it. Well... Liz, if folks wanted to get in touch with you, you know, where can they get in touch uh, from a Dale Carnegie standpoint, any social media uh, channels that you're present on uh, that you would like to give people the ability to follow you on? Yeah, so you can um, always find me on LinkedIn, Elizabeth Haberberger. I also have a um, YouTube channel. I'm starting to post more content on there um, at eHaberberger. Same on Instagram. Instagram, you can check out. Um, I don't have as much work stuff on there. I have more of my I do Ninja Warrior. So if you want to see me swinging from bars and hanging on things, you can check me out on Instagram. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for investing the time today and sharing with everybody. Uh, I very much appreciate your time being present in a day that I'm sure was back to back to back to back <laughs> meetings. You know, be be where your feet are, right, John? Awesome. Thank you, Liz. You're welcome. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Under Construction Podcast. As a reminder, this is a place where we can talk about what does it mean to be a success and the journey that it takes to get there, which is different for everyone, as I'm sure you've heard. I encourage you to listen to this app. We'll be posting this podcast on a regular basis to all the major podcast apps, be it on your iOS or Android device, certainly on your computer. You can always find us at anchor.fm forward slash KeelyU or all of the major podcast apps and platforms. Thanks and have a great rest of the week.